I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action rolling along. Here on the final Friday of February, I'm Jeff Parles. Wes Reynolds to my right. Kelly Midland-Bidlin. We haven't broken that out at all this week. Kelly Midland-Bidlin with us as well as always. Uh, A lot going on. A bunch of games at halftime in college hoops. Early goings in some NBA action. Kelly, what do we got? Yeah, we'll start with that exciting game in Orlando. Rockets and Magic all tied up at 51 apiece. I know everybody's on the edge of their seats for that one. Live numbers, Magic 1.5 and and 230.5. The Hornets are not cooperating tonight. Those uh, shooting percentages evening out, I guess. They are up 68-47 to on the Raptors. Uh, Let's see, 30 seconds to halftime here. Hornets 15.5 live, 222.5. The live total. Spurs lead the Wizards 65-64. to Two and a half minutes left in the first half. Spurs three and a half point live favorites. 250 and a half the live total. The Thunder lead the Pacers 58-53. to Four minutes left in the first half. Pacers still live betting favorites. Three and a half and 240 and a half is the live total. Uh, Knicks out with an early lead over the Heat, 15-11. to 11, Five minutes left in the first quarter. Heat still a four-and-a-half live be- uh, four point live betting favorite. 206-and-a-half is the live total. Over on the ice, we've got one game in progress right now. Blue Jackets and Hurricanes. That game is scoreless at the first intermission. Hurricanes minus 300 live. Uh, Blue Jackets plus 210. Your total is four-and-a-half Juiced to the over, over in college basketball. Northwestern leads Penn State 28-22 at the half. Live numbers currently off the board. St. Louis up on Richmond at the half, 43-33. St. Louis 6.5 point live favorites and 152.5 is live total. Iona up on Canisius, 33-25. Uh, at the half, Iona, 15.5 point live favorites, 133.5. The live total, Jeff. Here we go. A lot of, uh, yeah. again, it's it's a lesser card. There's still a bunch of games going on. Uh, Wes, uh, the, uh, the, uh, one of my in-game bets that we made earlier, mm-hmm. uh, I took Ohio plus 12 
They've somehow creeped within 10, as Kelly said there, with 30 yeah. seconds to go. So we may be looking and, at a very fortunate back door and here. Well, and by the way, it is going to be a loss for Ohio. I would assume they're going to lose. They're down 10, 36.1 left to go, 84-74, Akron with the lead. This does have MAC implications, though, because both Toledo and Ohio tied at 14-3 and in the MAC conference uh, season. But Toledo did sweep Ohio. Todd Kowalczyk's guys uh, got Jeff Bowles' guys twice. So now if Ohio loses here, that not only they have that sweep working against them, that but that puts them a half game behind Toledo. Toledo is going to get Miami of Ohio at home tomorrow. So uh, Ohio now has to go on the road the last two games. They get two bottom feeders in the conference, Bowling Green and Northern Illinois, but they put themselves in a very bad jeopardy at least to try to get that one seed and to get that regular season title as it looks like uh, Toledo is going to be perhaps in the driver's seat, but Kent State only a game back might have other ideas, and they've been the hottest team in the conference. One other one. One other note, actually, on that, Wes, uh, an important game for Akron as well, because remember, that's a, one of the weirder conference tournament mm-hmm. setups mm-hmm. where the top four teams get to Cleveland automatically yes. and then everyone else has to play a campus site in the first round. Yeah. Akron's currently fifth. If they win and get some help, they actually own the season tiebreaker on Buffalo, who's currently in fourth. Yeah. So there is... There is an, a backdoor chance of Akron slipping into the top yeah, four. Yeah, and one thing you want to do, too, with college basketball now is you want to look at the formats because you have different tournament formats. You know, some conferences, especially the bigger ones in terms of the Power Six, they give you the double buy and whatnot. Sometimes, you know, it's straight one versus eight, four versus five, two, seven, three, six, like a normal bracket format. But And I actually think that's what the MAC apparently is going to this year because the MAC did always do campus sites where the top four teams get to Cleveland and then, you know, five plays 12, six plays 11, but apparently they have changing that this year and only the eight are going to advance. So some of these conference tournaments, not everybody gets in the conference tournament. We were talking about the Ohio Valley last night. They only take eight for that tournament. So keep that in mind when you're looking at these scenarios and kind of try to check the brackets, really check the conference standings. Uh, I even think something as simple as Wikipedia, they have listed all the conference tournaments where you kind of look at see where the teams are positioned or which team has con- clinched the seed or whatnot. Like we talked about Iona earlier, they've already clinched that one seed in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Well, I apologize for that for that error there because that is a new COVID-related uh, Well, yeah, because you're there. right in the fact that the MAC always did the campus sites yep. on like Monday or Tuesday, and then Tuesday in Cleveland, they would start the quarterfinals and the semis on Friday, uh, Friday and the final on Saturday. So uh, that, uh, again, all that means for Akron is potentially wearing white jerseys in the 4-5 as opposed to their Navy Blues that they're wearing today against Ohio. Ohio's still fouling by the way, 10-point game with 24 seconds to go there in Athens. Uh, Wes, uh, l- l- let's check in on uh, let's check in on uh, on our bets. If you, did you make anything at halftime here? I have not. Okay. Uh, I do. Uh, I did. Uh, I didn't give it out. I wish I would have because I do usually play like half and half on the underdog. You know, for first half and full game. Canisius somehow got there. They were down 15 at one point, 30 to 15, and they go on a 10-3 run to end a half. So now eight and a half. Uh, they get you there in the first half. Second half, seeing basically seven, seven and a half. So that's pretty much what it was pre-flop. If you laid it with Iona, yeah, the uh, I did add one while the you you stepped out of the studio, Wes, and I give it to Kelly. I took Mammoth plus three at halftime against St. Peter's, 
So we'll take that in game. We'll take uh, Monmouth in the in the Battle of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there in West Long Branch uh, at a very nice venue on campus there I love at the Monmouth guard University. They have there. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Guard, the guard for Monmouth, he's really good. Yeah, look, Monmouth. They got a few of them. Ma- few Ma- Monmouth is very talented. Uh, King Rice, the coach there. Yeah, they're, uh, and they're trying to position themselves for that second seed behind yep. Iona. I believe the top two seeds get buys in the main draw. So Sienna, Monmouth, St. Peter, right behind the Iona Gales, who sit at top 14 and 2. Kelly, uh, the Sixers and the T-Wolves about to, uh, to kick off or Game of tip the off. Not and on national television. Not yep. on national television. Instead, we get to watch the Knicks because, that, of course, uh, right. the uh, the Timberwolves, uh, two-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Kelly, did you end up firing on any of those Harden props or no? No I, off. no, I didn't. I, again, I think I would I would stay away from this game if uh, if I had to bet it, it would be taking the points with the Timberwolves at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Wes and I were talking about this a couple segments ago. I think with James Harden props, man, you I think you got to lay off until you really see how they're going to utilize him within this offense, how they're going to how they're really going to uh, work this rotation now that he's a part of it. We do have starting lineups for these teams out. Uh, the Sixers will go with Maxi Harden, Thibel, uh, Tobias Harris, and Joel. Embiid, no surprise there at all. Would expect that that's what their starting five is going to look like for the rest of the season here. Minnesota side, uh, they're normal. Uh, Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaron Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns. So they're a normal starting five to go tonight. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they work these rotations. I wouldn't bet wouldn't bet any of those hardened props. We looked at them earlier. If you wanted some fun ones, the fun money down on the game, though, I would either go points, rebounds, and assists over, or his threes over. Threes set at two and a half. The points, rebounds, and assists. I think it was thirty-eight and a half. It was at earlier. Like is the the number they're hanging for points, rebounds, and assists for him are all a little bit on you know a little shorter than what they normally are. Mm-hmm. So I think there is value on betting a PRA over, but I, I just I can't personally pull the trigger until I see what this team really looks like with him in it. And here's your starting lineups, by the way. We're about to get underway. Tyrese Maxey, of mm-hmm. course, the aforementioned James Harden, Matisse Dybul, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. For the T-Wolves, Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, and the three-point shootout winner, the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns. I, I will say Jeff, that- you want to go through the starting lineups? <laughs> well, we, got, we, got, we got him twice. Sorry, I got, uh, oh, I, I repeated it. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, the temporal, I, I go back to what I said beforehand, guys. The T the T Wolves would be the play if the spot wasn't bad mm-hmm. because of that win last night. Really big effort against a very good top of the table to take a soccer term there. Team in the Western Conference in Memphis in their building. They don't have to travel, which makes it a little bit more of a different handicap for a second of a back-to-back, but it just makes it too hard for me to pull the trigger on Minnesota. Maybe if Philly gets out early big, maybe we look to take the T-Wolves plus, I don't know, maybe get to up to eight and a half at some point and take the T-Wolves. Yeah, maybe. I'll probably just sit back and enjoy watching it. Wes, I don't know how you handicap this stuff. I know you do a little bit more NBA than Jeff does, but like the... The back-to-backs, when they're just mm-hmm. off of a, a break like they just were, I don't really look into it that much. I don't really factor it that much into a handicap. You think, all right, these guys had time to get their legs rested right. during the break. If, if it's the, literally we're talking the first two games back, mm-hmm. some I don't really read into too much. I don't know about you, though. Not really. I think that that kind of gets overpriced into the market, especially here in this scenario, because you have had a few days off. Uh, more often than not, any type of situation I look at in the NBA is like, okay, is this the fourth game in five nights, or is this five and seven? And 
are you on like a five game road trip if you're an East team on the West and you're already three and one where it's like you've already clinched that a winning road trip because that's always your goal. You want to win every game, but you want to at least if you have a five game trip, want to go three and two and yeah. come back on the plus side of the ledger. So it's like maybe if you get down a little bit early in that fifth game, you get them tired legs. It's like, okay, we accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. And I'm not saying phone it in necessarily, but sometimes these guys, you know, they won't go maybe full bore if they know they've got the winning road trip already in the bag. No, I look, uh, Wes is just, uh, it, it really is difficult to, uh, to handicap these, these second and back to backs mm-hmm. at this point. And really again, it, when did the NBA start doing the second of back-to-backs in both home games? That's a new COVID-related thing, too, right? Right. But Well, because usually I remember all the time when Pacers would play, like, on Friday night, and then they'd have to go to Chicago on Saturday night. You saw that, like, all the time. Right. Or or, or growing up in New Jersey, the Nets would play play in Philadelphia, come back and play Continental Airlines Arena the following night. Yeah. Uh, Just uh, new. new. It really was. It was a pandemic-related thing last year when uh, they released the schedule and it bled over into this year. Jordan Sherwood's going to join us next. A nice little fight night just down the road from us here in Vegas. We'll break it down with Jordan Sherwood next here on PTA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on a VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch the replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast. Get Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson, Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, Wide World of One Garden with Jason Weingarten, and much more. They're free and available now. VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is primetime action. I'm Jeff Parles. Kelly Bidlin is here. Wes Reynolds is here. And now with us, Jordan Shearwood joins us right now. Jordan, uh, even new podcast uh, out there, uh, the unnamed MMA podcast right now. It's a great That's name. Right. It's a great name. Yeah, we just, we're just not creative enough. We don't we don't know what we're gonna call it, so we just we don't have a name. So just call it the unnamed MMA podcast. No gimmicks needed on that podcast. <laughs> just give us a straight skinny. Just give us the winners, and that's what Jordan does on a regular basis. It's a perfect name. I, I absolutely love the name, uh, Jordan. Um, 
out here, a fight night here at the Apex, just down the road from us here in Vegas. Uh, the main event, uh, Makachev and Green. Makachev, a huge favorite, minus 900 across the board. Uh, is there any chance for Bobby Green here in the main event? I don't think that there's a chance, but I think there's a good chance that he makes it a fight. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of guys say that Islam Makachev is going to run through Bobby Green. And granted, Bobby Green was on his couch two and a half weeks ago. He was weighing 195 pounds, and all of a sudden, he gets the main event slot. He has to cut weight to make the 160-pound catchweight fight. And if Islam Makachev wants to fight for the championship, he wants to fight for the lightweight title, and if indeed he is Khabib Nurmagomedov 2.0, uh, he runs through Bobby Green. But I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think Bobby Green, the combination of his boxing, his wrestling, and his takedown defense is going to be enough for him to make it a fight. I think that the over at one and a half is certainly in play, and I think Makachev via decision is also in play. I think I think re recency bias is Makachev finishing his last two opponents. And granted, they were top-tier opponents, and he looked fantastic. But the guy is a grinder. He's a grappler. He's a point fighter. So I think the likelihood is deeper fight, likely decision, but certainly the over at a round and a half, round two and a half would be my play for the fight. But I'm not siding with Bobby Green. I think Makachev definitely wins the fight. By the way, Bobby Green's last fight was all of two weeks ago. Uh, he he got a decision win back on February 12th. So short notice taking the place of Benil Dariush, who was supposed to fight Islam Makachev here. Jordan, I know this is not one of your plays, but I'm curious your take on this fight. It looks like it's going to be the co-main on the fight night tomorrow. It is Misha Serkinov against Wellington Terman. Because I just, more of a macro question here. You get a guy like Serkinov, who is experienced, but he is 30 four years old. I believe he has lost three of his last four fights. And then you got a guy like Terman, the Brazilian, who is a 25 year old, uh, you know, solid record, 17 and five. He's lost two of his last three, but it seems like Terman is more of the upcoming prospect here. How do you usually approach these type of fights? Do you tend to side with the young guy or do you tend to side with the veteran who's got a little bit more experience, but looks like maybe he's on the way down? Well, it also is the point in their career and what's going on within their career. So, so Wes, Misha Serkinov, you know, had been fighting at light heavyweight his entire career. His last fight, he dropped down to middleweight, didn't look good, couldn't get a takedown against Christoph Jocko, and then lost a unanimous decision uh, in his first fight at 185. Terman's a guy that's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, but he knocked out a guy like three or four fights ago, fell in love with his hands, and he's been knocked out for that twice mm -hmm. in his last two, two times in his last three fights. Uh, and then a victory over Sam Elvey, his last go round, nothing uh, to, to, to write home about. I'm going to side slightly with Terman just because I'm not, I'm not confident in either guy. And certainly Serkinov could land a bomb and, and completely shut the lights out. But if Serkinov is going to go back to his bread and butter, that's grappling. That's looking to take the fight to the ground against a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I don't think that that's a, a wise game plan. So small opinion, small lean, likely on Wellington Terman, especially because he's the underdog, but it's more so a stay away fight for me. But both guys really have not been impressive their last couple of times in the octagon. Jordan, let's uh, go to the prelims here because this is where the bulk of your action is this week. Let's look at the lightweight bout between Terrence McKinney and Varis Siam. Uh, you're, you're looking at this one being a quick fight here. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that, you know, there's something going on that Terrence McKinney is still not getting the love that he deserves. He's 11 and three, 11 wins all in the first round. His UFC debut was a seven second knockout yes. of Matt Frivola. Uh He hasn't been inside the octagon since he got injured after that fight and spent some time off, but the guy's a wrestler. Uh, he's got that in his background. He's also been training now with Glover Teixeira, the UFC light heavyweight champion. And Zayim just, just is like a slow starter, methodical, really doesn't put the pressure and he struggles with guys that do put pressure. And I think Terrence McKinney either gets a quick finish 
or the pressure is going to be too much for Zayim, you know, midway through the second round. So I think Terrence McKinney, especially as an underdog, is a smart play. And I think that certainly the under is a, is a play for, as well. McKinney getting a finish, or maybe Zayim gets a finish in the second round, because again, we haven't seen Terrence McKinney go past the first round. So we don't know if his cardio is going to hold up. I'm going to decide that it does. He's a wrestler again, training with Glover Teixeira, but you don't know. So there's not a lot of confidence in his ability to go past that first round. Featherweight fight here on the prelims. A very interesting fight. Very closely uh, tabulated in terms of the odds. Alejandro Perez against Jonathan Martinez. Both of these guys fought late last year in 2021. Martinez with the win on October 23rd. And then uh, also uh, Alejandro Perez a couple weeks earlier gets that win over Johnny Eduardo. A nice uh, scarf hold arm lock is where it's what it's listed here over Johnny Eduardo. But uh, you like Martinez here in this fight to win by decision. Yeah, there's something going on here because because this fight was supposed to be fought at Bantamweight. Then a couple of days ago, Perez calls Martinez camp, says, I want this fight at featherweight. Perez didn't look great at, at the scale uh, earlier today. He made weight at 145, but typically both these guys fight at 135. Martinez looked fresh, looked fine, making the weight at 145. He's got good stand-up, good leg kicks. Perez is going to have to take this fight to the ground. He does have, uh, you know, a lot of submissions to his credit. That that last one over Johnny Eduardo uh, is impressive. But I think just Jonathan Martinez, too talented, younger fighter, better striker, good takedown defense. And like I see, yeah, like you said, Wes, gets his hand raised and likely via decision. Jordan Shearwood with us right now. Uh, of course, now the co-host of the Unnamed MMA podcast at ESPN Chicago. Again, I love the name so much there, Jordan. And you have uh, one more match you're looking at on the undercard here. Brajamaj and Gilmore here. Another one that you're looking at going quickly. Yeah, West loves it when I could equate it to old school wrestling. This is a squash match. Mm -hmm. This is King Kong Bundy against, you know, Joe Smith. Uh, I think (laughs) Brahimaj just takes the fight to the ground against Michael Gilmore, who's a fish out of water when it goes there. First round submission, submission victory for Brahimaj, Andy under all in play, all what I'm going to be playing tomorrow night. I think it's plus money for a round one win for Brahimaj, but it's it, you're, you're going to have to buy it a little bit if he wins via submission, and certainly he's a big-time favorite, but I expect him to bounce back. He hasn't looked great in the UFC. Granted, he's one and two, but the two losses were against guys that are in the top, or, you know, top 15, top 20 of the division. Gilmore, I don't think, will be in the UFC after uh, tomorrow night. Jordan, not quite a squash match in the main event here next weekend at T-Mobile Arena, but we are going to be back here in Las Vegas, UFC 272. So I wanted to get your initial thoughts on the main event. Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, and Colby Covington, seeing him about minus 320, minus 330, that looked to me at least to be the right price. Colby Covington, obviously the better wrestler, but how do you see this going with Masvidal and Colby C.? Yeah, I mean, look, we're not going to cause this into a, a WWF show, but it's a grudge match. Yes. Uh, these guys don't like each other. There's a story, and it's an, it's an interesting story. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, Kobe Covington's just a better overall fighter. The wrestling, I think, is going to be too much, but I don't think there's a finish. I think it's likely a, a unanimous decision victory for for Colby Covington and probably a pretty boring fight uh, to be honest. Uh, and I think it's decent money right now, like a dollar 10, dollar 15 uh, for Colby Covington via decision. That'll be my recommendation uh, when you can grab it at that price. Jordan, before we let you go, is there anything else on this card this week that at least intrigues you, even if it's not from a betting perspective? 
I, I certainly think that uh, Joel Alvarez and uh, is worth a look at that price he's at right now. I think actually it came down. It was originally released as plus two seventy, plus two seventy five. It's still plus one eighty. He's a monster lightweight. Usually doesn't make weight. Made weight uh, for his fight against Cesarkian. So I, I think Alvarez certainly worth a look at that price at plus one eighty. Jordan, I know you had a tough one last night with the Illini. Not rubbing salt in the wound because we're barely going to be in the tournament at Indiana. So, no, I'm not rubbing salt in the wound here. Because Indiana's gonna, well, that's what I was leading to to ask Jordan here of, of what he thinks of his Illini still in the mix for the Big Ten title. Do you think that they're going to get by Purdue and maybe be that number one seed in Indianapolis? No, I, I don't. I just I just think that now the, the road ahead is a little bit difficult for Illinois. It's Jekyll and Hyde for them. I think Purdue is going to get that Big Ten championship. They've got the easier road, uh, a number of games in a regular season. But both teams, I think, will be viable come March and have a chance to play in the Final Four. Well, uh, Brad Underwood certainly went all WWE last night, too. He to, did. To put, to put the bow on what has been a there nice... Been a, uh, there's nice... been a lot of that in the Big Ten lately, and it hasn't involved Fran McCaffrey, surprisingly enough. <laughs> Usually he's the top candidate, but I wasn't rubbing salt in Jordan's wound. I'd rather be where Illinois is than where Indiana is right now, which is like the last four in. 100%. Again, Jordan Sherwood, again, go find a new podcast. He's the co-host of the Unnamed MMA podcast at ESPN Chicago, and of course, on the tweets at woodon 1060 63. Jordan, pleasure as always. Thanks for being with us. All right, Jeff West, Cali. Thanks again. Thank of you, Jordan. It's always great to talk with Jordan Shearwood, of course. And Wes Reynolds, not rubbing salt in the wounds. No, not, not at all, because they kicked IU's butt, so I have nothing to say about that. So, someone get these two a wrestling show already. <laughs> we barely made it through that segment with yes. them. Jeez. We're, uh, we're, we're going golfing next. Uh, Daniel Berger off to a great start in Florida. Updated Honda Classic Odds next on PTA. Yeah. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including are Wes Reynolds, Greg Peterson, and Matt Humans. They'll analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best value early on. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with VEASAN College Hoops experts on March 13th, 6 o'clock Eastern time is when it all gets going. Free at VEASAN.com. It is primetime action. I'm Jeff Parles. Wes Reynolds is here. Kelly Bidlin is here. Happy to be with you. Final Friday of February. Also, the final Friday of Wes and I on the program because Gil and Matt are back next week. Right, Kelly? They are. I don't know if I'll be back, though, because I'm realizing <laughs> that uh, the uh, Raptors are down by 39 <laughs> points right now. I bet that side tonight. You might get it. You're gonna, you, you, the one good thing with them only having 52 points or three minutes to go, though, Kelly. Is I bet the under. Is the under <laughs> looks okay yeah, right. right now. That's right. So you at least can garner a split well, out of that. That and, is true. The, and, the Hornets are not cooperating whatsoever. And he might get it back with what about what we're about to talk about here, and that's the Honda Classic. Yes. Where uh, old Midland Bidlin back here behind the glass is in very good position heading into the final 36. Yeah, Kelly Bidlin's uh, – principled bet on Daniel Berger earlier this week on the Honda Classic through two rounds. Kelly, your principles look pretty good at the moment. So Daniel, far, so good. Daniel Berger with a three-shot lead heading into the weekend there at uh, at, at PGA National. 
Berger 10 under. Chris Kirk, another solid round again today. Mm-hmm. Tied for second with Kurt Kitayama, who really rode the coattails of his very good round one into a tie for second going to the weekend. Mark Hubbard and uh, Wes, you do have uh, one with Adam Svensson uh, rounding out the top five. Yeah, 125 to one Adam Svensson. By the way, since the Honda Classic has been moved to PGA National, and that was back in 2007, there have only been two players in any round in the history of this tournament dating back to 2007 that went 18 for 18 for greens and regulation, and one of those now Adam Svensson hit all 18 greens today and just uh, looking at the numbers here you would when you hit all your greens in regulation by the way you're going to be very good in strokes gained approach and number one in the field for SG approaches Adam Svensson gaining 337 uh, for the event so far so he is leading the field also leading the field tee to green but not leading the field in terms of under par that would be Daniel Berger with uh, 265 10 under par Daniel Berger has been putting great I think he's second in the field just behind Mark Hubbard who also is T4 with Adam Svensson. So uh, Daniel Berger uh, you know Kelly knows very well having covered this tournament. Jupiter Florida native I think was born in Plantation so this is a guy from near the area. Jupiter I believe what is it about 15 minutes north of uh, West Palm? Not even. Yeah not even. I mean where he went to high school at is 10 minutes from this golf course. It is. These guys grew up playing this course and I know you kind of took that angle with Svensson too and that's the you got a lot of guys that that live in this area, but the mm-hmm. difference between growing up and playing junior tournaments here, right. one after another, before you even get into that pro level, I bur- I bet the burgers and the the burger and the Kep- burger and the Kepkas every year at this tournament, just something to have on them. These guys grew up right there playing this tur- this tournament so much. I got to read off a couple couple stats Matt Brown sent me from today. Ninety in round two today, ninety three players. Went over par, 19 shot even par, 32 shot under par. Six of the 32 guys that shot under par today won't make the cut. So that's how tough yeah. t- conditions wow. have been at Honda uh, or at uh, uh, at the Honda Classic and PGA National this week. Um, I'm just looking, I'm looking at these live odds. I, I selfishly, I don't know what to do with my Daniel Berger ticket right now. I'm, I'm. This is a course where you can put a couple holes. If you have a b- couple bad holes, all of a sudden Daniel Berger could easily be five under par instead of ten under par. He's got a back issue. I think I'm going to hedge off a little bit tonight, Wes, and probably just bet a no price mm-hmm. over at Circa on him. Yeah, it's so hard, by the way, to kind of, you know, these guys are all kind of crunched together a little bit on this leaderboard, even though it's a three-shot lead. So it's kind of hard. It's like, okay, what player do you hedge with? You really can't pick you, one. You can't hedge think. with anyone. And, and I would say if you were like, hey, are you really scared of anybody? Not really, except for Chris Kirk. And Chris Kirk he is the cl- the guy closest mm-hmm. to him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Kirk can. I mean, he's 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 a top end approach yeah, shot player. He has he's won a, several times on the PGA Tour. Yeah, yes. he, I mean that's a legit player. I know a lot of regular golf fans out there looking at this leaderboard and they're saying this is a joke. Daniel Berger is going to run away with this, but I, I'm not going to count out Chris Kirk. And yeah, you got all these other guys bunched up with a course as volatile as this. Mm-hmm. I think I have to hedge a little bit. I hate doing it, but I th- I think with the course and then his back. I mean, I just don't want to see. Look up at the TV over the weekend and him on a par three, put one in the water and then grab his back. Right. And I'm going to sit there, right. cr- a grown man crying in his own living room. Um, I think for anybody looking at these uh, live odds, though, on this tournament, there is one that does stick out to me, Wes. It would be Mito Pereira. Mm-hmm. Um, T to green, what, seventh in the field yes. this week. 
He's just putted horribly the past the first two rounds. If he gets that together a little bit, he could be right in this thing. He's what one under for the tournament. Uh, he's a guy that I don't want to speak for you, but I'm assuming you have as well. That I've bet a ton yes. over the past nine months. Um, you know, he's nine strokes off the lead. But again, this is a tournament where mistakes can easily happen and can easily snowball uh, into guys guy having a bad bad few holes. And that could if that happens with Berger, then in Mito Pereira puts together a solid round tomorrow. He's right back in this. Well, thing. and you remember Mito, of course, and one of the reasons why we were betting him last summer, he got that battlefield promotion from mm-hmm. the Gorn Ferry Tour, which means when you get three KFD wins. Now that was a wraparound season, also due to COVID, so it wasn't all. In one calendar year like it usually is but he got the promotion to the PGA Tour and look he's a guy that could very much go low here and you look besides Chris Kirk that's right behind Daniel Berger T2, Kitayama, Hubbard, Svensson, Sepp Straka, Chase Seifert, Lee Hodges, uh, Shane Lowry is of course one on the PGA Tour but Roger Sloan a lot of these guys have not won on the PGA Tour a lot of these chasers trying to get that first win now maybe it could happen if there is an injury to Berger or or because this course is very difficult, that could very easily happen. However, you've got guys that I think are kind of in like newer, newer territory here. They're in taller cotton, yeah. so to speak. When you're going against a guy that's obviously a top 20 player in the world, as Daniel Berger is, and very familiar with this course. So he's going to be hard to chase down. I think, you know, if he drops a couple early shots, then it's anybody's ball game, obviously. But he's in very good position. Yeah, and, and Wes, even with the guys like Chris Kirk and like Shane Lowry that are a little bit well, a little bit more well-known names. And Lowry was a guy I got close to betting pre-tournament. Mm-hmm. He is he is someone I looked at really closely. He plays very well on difficult golf yeah, courses. He, he does. You know, he's not, not, not long off the tee, but you don't really need to be here. As long as you, you know, play the right way. Uh, at at this tournament, you know, a lot of different styles can win here. He's a guy that I would, like, I would recommend. He's only, you know, he's three under. Something happens with Berger. He's mm-hmm. all of a sudden right in the mm-hmm. mix. The only problem is, Wes, is I just don't think you're getting, like, a 25 to 1. You I think, feel like a seven-shot lead, you should be getting, like, 50 exactly. to 1. Exactly. And that's, we talk about this course being so tough. So, yes, could Berger have a couple bad holes and fall back to the pack? Sure, but it also means it's going to be very difficult for each one of these other guys to climb up the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think you got to got to keep that in mind a little bit too. I'd rather take a hundred to one chance on Mito than twenty five to one right. on Shane Lowry. No, no, I'm absolutely with you. Uh, I do got to mention though a few notables that did miss the cut this week. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, who mm-hmm. we were aboard last week at the Genesis Invitational, he misses the cut by one. By the way, that cut is going to be two over par. I believe there's one player left on the course who has to par 18 to be able to make the cut. I believe his name, Andrew Kozan, who is a, an amateur. The guy who I stumped you yesterday. Yes, yes. So he is the last guy out there to try to make the weekend. So Joaquin Neiman missed the cut. Tommy Fleetwood, who has always played very well here. He's only got a couple appearances, but they were both top fives. He misses the cut. Sunjay M, who is the tournament favorite, he misses the cut. Maybe that drifts his number a little bit to play at Bay Hill. He always plays that course very well. He 
he missed the cut. So uh, uh, several of the notables just kind of going down the board here. Uh, uh, some of the Matt Jones, who yep. is the tournament winner here last year, goes ahead and misses the cut. Uh, big rig Harry Higgs, who's been very much in the news uh, for the uh, the shirtless appearance on the uh, 16th at the <laughs> Waste Management Phoenix Open. He misses uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, uh won a couple times already on the European Tour. Very young guy. He missed. And then uh, Matthew Wolf, 17 over par. I saw oh, some guys boy. that did like Matthew yeah, Wolf yes. this week. And, you know, you never know because he, he can always, like, strike when you least expect it. But then he can throw in one of these 17 over today. Oh, an 81 and a 76 from Wolf. Yes. Yeah, uh, him and uh, Camilo Vajegas, uh, I believe, who won this many, many years ago, tied at 17 over par. Also, newly named Ryder Cup ca- captain Zach Johnson missed the cut, as did Patrick Reed, who has been in awful form of late. Buddy Harrington, the former champ here, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, he missed the cut yeah, he as well. Yeah, beat Daniel Berger in the playoff here yeah, a few so, years ago. So, uh, so he uh, he also missed the cut as well. But uh, our, our guy Ricky Fowler made the cut, though, Wes. He did. So uh, maybe <laughs> Michael Lombardi can get off his butt. He's always like, where's Ricky? You know, he's like, he's always... Always congratulating the winner. Where the heck is he? But Ricky Fowler will play the weekend here in Palm Beach. Yeah, he's uh, not going to be a threat to win this thing. 12 shots back as of now. Uh, But again, this is Daniel Berger's tournament. But as Kelly and Wes said, anything can happen here with how difficult this course is. More updates coming your way next. Primetime action. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting it against the spread or betting the total or trying to figure out which team's going to be the Cinderella this year, you can get our great VEASAN Madness deal. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Peterson, Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans on every game, key team, conference, players to watch, and the favorites all the way down to Team 68 in the field. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th. That's a title game day for just $19. VEASAN.com slash madness for more. It is prime time action. I'm Jeff Barnes. Wes Reynolds is here. Kelly Bidlin is here. Kelly, can can I get a winner video? 
Can I get a winner video? Sure, what'd you win, bro? We uh, we, we won Ohio plus 12 in-game, oh. despite being down basically 15 the entire second half. There we go. We got the dancing kid. There you go. I Just love this you. kid. That's, uh, that's Wes Reynolds at the Hendricks County Fair, maybe <laughs> yeah. at about 10 years old. Yeah, it is. Yes, Ohio comes home. Uh, it was right. a sweat. Pretty lucky in the end to get that home. Uh, Ohio kept fouling. They actually mm. made their shots at the end and lost by uh, lost by eight. So I wonder uh, what if that was like the talent portion of the state fair. You know, when you get the watermelon seed spitting contest, you get like the uh, the uh, the live the pig raising. Yeah, contest. did he have to ride a pig? I've seen that. Yes. Before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, he's an East Coaster man. No, he doesn't know about. No, this. I look. I, I, I all I know about state fairs. Because uh, New Jersey, we technically had the one at the Meadowlands, but that's not right. Like you're in the you're, you're big fairgrounds in Indianapolis, or, or or the one in Dallas, the Texas State Fair, or even mm-hmm. the Minnesota mm-hmm. State Fair with the giant fried corn dogs or whatever right. fried food there nice, is. Nice, some nice elephant ears, and now and now I'm getting hungry, and we still have an hour <laughs> fifteen left. We'll send we'll send Sean McCollum during the break to the deli to get us some uh, some fried food. I think I think we'll be <laughs> we'll be good there. Uh, Kelly and uh, and Wes, we have uh, two NBA games coming up at the top of the hour. One not so good in the non-competitive range, but one that is pretty intriguing. Kelly, Dallas at Utah here. Yeah, real quick, just to update that Sixers and Timberwolves game. It is forty to thirty-two, seventy-sixers. James Harden with eight points, two assists, two for four from the field. So clearly, the Sixers are about to win a a championship. It's all over. The Philadelphia media has called it already. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, you got uh, Mavericks at the Jazz. Let's see. I didn't see any major injuries uh, for this game earlier. Rudy Gay will be out for the Utah on the Utah side. He has been out though recently. Looks like uh, on the Dallas side, they will have Trey Burke. Will have Reggie Bullock uh, going tonight. So that is big for them. I believe. Our friend Doug Gazirian said he would be on Dallas. If anything, I would be looking the same way. Man, there's a – okay, let us let me put it this way. If it hits seven, I'm going to be on Dallas. There is a six-and-a-half here in uh, in town at Circa. I'm surprised. South Point's got one, too. Yeah, I'm surprised to see that running. If it hits seven, I will be on Dallas. Um, this Jazz team, I, I'm going to echo exactly what he said. There's a lot of these teams, and Dallas kind of in that groove too. When you either have a major injury mm-hmm. that's affected you for the majority of the season, or you've completely overhauled your team via via trade, like kind of Dallas has, it's going to take me a little while to get before I get. I want to get accustomed to a team before I bet on them. And I think you're doing that right now with both these teams. It's hard to judge truly what the Jazz have done all season because this team looks completely different when Rudy Gobert is out of the lineup versus in the lineup, and it just affects everything they do so much. So uh, the Jazz had a, a, a so-so uh, you know, first three quarters of the season, even though they're, what, fourth in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I need a little bit while to see them. Dallas has been playing really well. They played really well coming into the All-Star break. Uh, the defense, number one in the league right now. That is very – I mean, it's been extremely impressive to see what they've done. Got rid of Porzingis. They're going to go a little smaller ball now. Open up the floor even more for Doncic there. Expect him to have a big rest of the season. I think he's really going to put himself uh, – I don't think he's winning the MVP, but I think he's going to put himself back in that race pretty firmly here in the second half. As far as this game tonight, though, I'd be, I'd be leaning down. Dallas, be Dallas or pass for me. 
Yeah, and I was looking what I was trying to see if I can find an angle on the total here. 216 and a half. Kind of two styles clashing here because Dallas, one of the slower tempo teams, at least offensively in the league, and the Utah Jazz do lead the NBA in scoring. So something's got to give between these two teams. But yeah, I, I didn't get involved here. I thought the number was kind of right. I'm going to be interested to see how Dallas plays. We know Utah has a tendency to close pretty well, at least in the regular yeah. season. Uh, and now that you do have Gobert and Mitchell back together, and look, I know those guys aren't exactly uh, the best of friends, as we well know, <laughs> but somehow, some way, they're able to play together and, and, and be very good together. But now that you have Rudy back, I think, and you also have Donovan Mitchell back, I think that they're going to play better defense as yeah, we get too. later into the season. So there could be value some nights on the unders. I don't know if tonight is the night. Yeah, I don't think I'd pick at it either. Just to put the put just to put what Dallas has done in perspective, they are since January first third in the third in the league in net rating. They are eighteen and six over that time. Eleventh in offense, second in defense. Actually, Boston passed them for the best defense in the league during that time. But they have the second best defense in the league. So this team, this team could be a pretty scary team uh, scary team to see in the Western Conference playoffs. The only problem that I have with them is Jason Kidd. Right. Still, I, I still I still can't get over the fact that that uh, of him coaching a team in the playoffs, mm-hmm. there will be mistakes made by him that cost Dallas the right. game. Because it seems like he's kind of coaching. When I talked about Dallas being kind of a slower tempo team, he's like zigging when everybody else is zagging. You know, everybody is moved kind of with more yeah. analytics involved in, in terms of the coaching, in terms of, you know, hey, either take a three or get to the rim. And that's the name of the game. You know, now if you're really really elite at the mid-range that's one thing but you hear you hear every coach all the time you hear Kerr you hear Popovich all these guys like yeah that's the worst shot in basketball that long too and you see this Dallas team they take a fair amount of them talk, talk to DeMar DeRozan about that being such a bad shot yeah right it's now, not right? a bad <laughs> shot for him <laughs> it's working pretty well for him no I working to the tune of the Chicago Bulls is the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Well, and and, and the MVP odds getting cut. I know half, some, people, half. some people here at VEASAN, by the way, are banging the drum, uh, probably for selfish reasons, let's be honest here. I know JVT and Mitch Moss and uh, our guy, Jer- our guy Jeremy, Jeremy Wingle downstairs. Yeah, the director uh, of this fine program yes. that you watch every night yes. has a 500 to 1 ticket on the <laughs> yeah, Well, Well, he's got the best number of anybody here, obviously. And look, sometimes uh, Jeremy, being from Chicago, you know, probably a little homerism there, but sometimes homerism can get home. Absolutely. So, look, great number because I've seen as low for DeRozan. I think, what are you seeing, uh, 13 to 1 here at DraftKings? I've seen as low as 10 to 1. So, this is now getting cut. And I think probably having some of the national pundits, the Stephen A's of the world, kind of talking him up on national shows, that reflects, I think, a little bit, at least in the betting market, for people like, hey, maybe you're right, even though that's, you know, if you're betting it now, maybe a little bit late to the party, a lot late to the party compared to Jeremy's 500 to 1. One, of course, I, I am uh, all for what I'm seeing in the Sixers game right now. I, being a guy who's holding many Sixers tickets after this uh, Harden trade went down, but this people are going to hate this team so much. You're going to hear so much hate because of how many trips to the foul line they're going to take. Mm-hmm. Embiid and Harden have already combined to shoot 15 free throws in the first half. 
and we're four minutes into the second quarter. Oh, there's going to so, be a lot of complaining there. There's going to be a lot, lot of complaining. This, this could be an over team, I think, a lot yes. because of that. Uh, right now, I think the total at the least closed like 230 tonight. That's pretty much where the end game is right now. But when you're already in the bonus, eight minutes left to go in the quarter, and you can just live at the foul line, going to add up points very quickly. No, that's a really good point. <laughs> Absolutely there. Uh, look, uh, Hey, Kelly, I will say, because you, you already have Harden, who a lot of people don't love, to put it politely. Embiid, who I love, another guy who some people are not totally fond of. If they're taking 30 free throws a game, which could very easily happen in a playoff scenario with a tighter whistle, there could be a lot of complaining going oh, on. A lot of complaining. <laughs> and I'm, all, I'm here for it. I'm, oh, here I'm for with, it. I'm with I, you. I have, I'm sorry, but James Harden has always been one of those guys to me that we can complain about free throw shooting. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to knock a guy for taking advantage of what the rules of the game are. And James Harden is not LeBron James. He's not built like him. He's not built like Giannis. He's not built like Joel Embiid. What he's learned to do is become a master at his craft, and that's getting to the free throw line at a in a what six foot three body with. Yes, I, I mean it, nobody does that anymore. No, not really, not really at all. Uh, again, it's funny too because Embiid is not shooting the ball well tonight either. He's one of five from the field, and his ten free throw attempts with seven minutes. Is that right? Seven minutes to go in the second quarter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's wild. There, uh, up eleven now. The Sixers are. On, uh, on Minnesota. Uh, Wes, uh, quickly in the last 30 seconds, you're on Nebraska in a game that starts at the top am. of the hour. It's a hold-your-nose play. I took 13. Iowa's off a couple wins, but this is not a team that is very good defensively. Nebraska's not good, really, at anything. But Fred Hoiberg got a little vote of confidence uh, from Trev Alberts, the new uh, athletic director there at Nebraska. He will be back for another season. That is uh, 12 and a half mostly in the market now. So you, uh, you're you going to get some uh, closing line value there, Wes, yeah, yeah, on the so, Huskers. But look, uh, Fred Hoiberg, uh, ever since they beat Iowa last time on January 2020, his team 4-47 and 47 in Big Ten play. Hey, we're going to be talking baseball next. You remember that sport? Joe Sheehan joins us next here on Primetime Action. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.